Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. Today I am joined by two very talented musicians, songwriter, vocalist, and multi-instrumentalist Natalie London, and her partner, vocalist, and percussionist Taylor Plessity. Together the two form the indie rock band Hey King. Taylor and Natalie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Of course, of course. So first and foremost, I want to talk about the journey that led you two together, because what I think is really beautiful uh, about what you do is that not only are you business partners and music partners, but you are also in a romantic relationship. So I can only imagine that working with your your partner is probably rewarding, but also challenging at times. But I'd love to go back to the beginning to talk about what led you two together. Well, we met uh, at a event for Children's Hospital, actually, and it was just a random, it was my brother's birthday party, and Taylor came in, had just, like, found out she was going to it that night, and came in with, like, torn jeans and, like, a badass hoodie, and I was like, who is this girl, like, across the room, like, the whole world, you know, started, like, twinkly lights, and and so uh, I came over to say hi, and the first thing she does is says, uh, do you know this and proceeds to do a, like an eight, nine step handshake. That was my secret handshake with my best friend when I was like 10 years old. And I've never met another person who's done it. And she didn't know anybody else who did it either. I don't know what possessed her to do this, but we had this like long handshake moment and then, uh, and fell in love on the spot. No, but we like, we, <laughs> we kind of like had that moment where like, who are you? And, uh, so we start, we started dating really soon after that and um she's an incredible filmmaker and actor and I didn't even know like her music side but she would be at rehearsals and stuff and for for Hey King and she would sing along or I'd start shooting her over like little harmonies and it was just so natural that um like my bandmates my family everybody was like you've got to get this girl like on stage and I I was like a lot of people I was like but it's a romantic relationship how is that gonna impact you know the business side of this and and um and I think with like the first show that she came up to do a few songs it was just so clear to me on stage I've never felt like more comfortable and more inspired like ever after like 20 years of playing I would be able to like have my partner up there she brought so much to it that I was like oh this this added a whole other level of intimacy and like vulnerability and everything to to the music and so just developed from there probably a year or two into the relationship she started playing with the band full-time and um it's fun it's crazy like it's there's a lot of ups where I like I mean to get to tour together to like we opened for Ben Harper on three different legs of international like uh North American tours and to do that together to see all these gorgeous places and and have those moments and experiences together is unreal the day-to-day stuff I mean we have name tags like Taylor Taylor I think came up with this where like she started writing name tags for us like I need to talk to my girlfriend right now or like hold on (laughs) my bandmate is just not understanding me let's let's like go let's go talk or like I need my best friend right now because my girlfriend is understanding me and like totally projecting all of her anger or like anxiety onto oh me oh my god like, oh, no. you know that we love each other no I'm talking about me <laughs> she's like no Can you're I good, you're good. <laughs> no girl you're you're good you're good <laughs> so Taylor for you how did you yeah. know that it was the right fit musically oh man well first of all she wrote my favorite songs ever like she she's written some of my all-time favorite songs that are like right up there with the 
the music that the music that I grew up with, like Peter Paul and Mary, and and all of these like really kind of guilty pleasure like punk pop bands, like Taking Back Sunday. Since like she, I'm not saying that like you write like them, but I'm saying that those are like they they impacted me the same way as like what I used to like just like go lock myself in my room and just like feel. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you like yeah. just listen music and you feel well her songs like slowly started becoming the soundtrack of like my everyday life and then when you get asked to like play music by one of your favorite songwriters it's just a, you say yes and then you figure it out because I knew I was not as like skilled and musically inclined as Natalie so I like just dove in deep and I just like made a really like I really just wanted to like keep leveling up until I knew that I could like stand on stage with her and not you know, like bring, bring this project down. Um, it what was a really, compliment it was really to stressful. you. Natalie. So sweet. Oh my God. I hate when she does that. Cause <laughs> she always she, talks like, about this, but I have to say it cause it's the truth. Like I really just like needed to get better because you're, you're, I am so amazed by you every single time you play music. That's incredible. And I love yeah. that it's like, you're both feeding off of each other to make each other better, which I think is a beautiful dynamic. So what has been the most challenging aspect though, of working together? I think, I think compartmentalizing the relationships is the most difficult thing because, you know, like I've been the leader of my band for years and years and I arrange and I write for everybody. And I, I'm, like I like to be in the director of the project For and sure. so to be able to I mean she's been so open about that to be like no talk to me like you talk to our trumpet player talk to me yeah. like if you don't like something be like that was wrong like do it this way um but it's just being able to like navigate that and I think also I think the most difficult part though is that because we live together um of course when you're dealing with the stresses of music, they're not separated. When you get mm. home, you are like both going through like what just happened or we're dealing with through it at the same time. Um, so that, that can make it hard. We're not very objective <laughs> with like what we're going through. Um, but in the same sense, like you always feel like somebody understands you because they're right there with you. Um, so that, there's amazing side of that coin also. That's great. So let's talk about your debut album that you just released, Take King. You were fortunate enough to work with an artist that I love, Ben Harper. So yes. how was that? How did that connection come about? Uh, it was actually crazy. Me and his wife um, were roommates for like two weeks in college. And then we both were like, we hate the school. <laughs> so we both left. But we I love that it was two time. weeks. I love <laughs> it was two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is I think we both were like, I think we both had written the college being like, yeah, do you think we could get a single dorm because we don't even like really do that well with other people or very introverted and they threw us together in the smallest dorm in the whole building with another girl like this like crazy girl like crazy party girl who was just like up and yelling and talking all night and so both of us were like we just bonded and uh we ended up staying in touch and and hanging out a lot in different cities and when we were in LA we came over to her place and we were, Taylor had just met her for the first time and so we were playing her some new songs and Ben just walked right in we didn't even know he was home like he hadn't been home that night and he came in and was like who the hell are you guys like where did this come from Jack like how have you not told me about them and <laughs> and uh she was like I've been waiting for like the right time to like you know have you guys actually hear each other in person and um, and right off the bat, he was like, I'd love to produce a few songs for you. Let's like go do something fun together. 
and it went from you know getting in the studio doing a couple tracks to being like we hit it off so well musically like we both play every instrument and we would just it was like a giant playground yeah. and then I would be like I'm gonna play the piano no I am okay wait bass and then we'd switch and take turns and it was just so much fun that he was like I want to do a whole album together right. and it just kind of grew from, and take you guys on the road and and all of that it was it's been crazy what was it about the his musical approach that may have been different from other producers you might have worked in the past because i know it is really hard to find that relationship with a producer that really understands what you want to do as an artist and really bring out the best of your music because as a singer i've been a singer my whole life singer songwriter and it, it took a while to find like the right relationship of the producer to work with so why was he the right fit for you yeah i mean i think that because we approached our music is very different but because like he wanted to get the soul out of every song and always mm -hmm. give us the chance to like get to the heart of it and then I felt like he always gave me a chance to go with the arrangements that I've heard and he was so uh like so supportive in that sense and not only that but he played a huge role in like enabling her whatever she would think about mm -hmm. uh, as far as like arrangement goes that like served each song individually like at no point in the studio for the like second half or the first half did we think about this album as a whole we were just serving the songs as what we I thought like that. that the songs needed and that was really cool and something that was funny was if she was like oh maybe if like we had a uh, like a you know like a sound that sounds similar like a vibraphone maybe we can find it on like a midi piano and he's like no hold on he'd just call someone and then there'd be a whole vibraphone in the studio in like a couple hours like that's incredible it was really really cool working with him yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh i was gonna say and his guitar expertise are just like amazing like from, yeah, so, from, oh, I, so i want like to get a certain tone out and i i could play the shit out of a guitar but i'm not great at like all the time <laughs> that i'm really good at the producing side and the arrangement side but like getting the certain tones and sounds i love depending on another person to collaborate with yeah and he would like set up these like old amps and then mic them up and run through all these different things like he just had a lot of fun with us i think and trying to find what we were looking for and so do you feel like being women in music that you're fighting for you know your voice and your artistry to be heard a little bit more or did you always feel respected by him and by your ideas by, by ben i felt like totally respected by mm -hmm. as an artist i mm -hmm. feel like um he has like a crew around him like the people on the road and everything that were i was kind of expecting just because of my history to walk into the, an environment that would be like who the hell are you kind right. of thing right. And, right. and they were all like his crew and his sound techs and guitar to all those guys were really really welcoming so that felt good and sheldon gomberg um i felt like took us so seriously he was his core engineer for a bunch of uh his albums and sheldon is just like a godsend but we definitely i mean we definitely hit a few places yes uh i mean it's it's not been super easy uh, uh across the board oh for sure yeah I feel like one thing that I've been struggling with, uh, especially as being like women in, oh, it's kind of weird. I, I don't, I'm like gender queer. So sometimes I present as male and it's very interesting when I'm presenting as male and it goes past like the stuff that I can get away with like saying and doing is it feels a lot different than whether I'm presenting as a female, but currently it feels like, oh, man, it feels like we're, we have we have like two options. We're either not getting 
everything that like we want, including like information or we're being a bitch trying to get, and then that like big label, trying to get like everything that we, that we want and we feel like we need. So I feel like, and that just goes for the industry in general. I don't think that that's just pertaining to music, but I, we have had that happen a lot oh, yeah. where it's like, we're either not getting the right treatment or the right things that like, we feel like we should be having, or we're a bitch for fighting to get those things. I mean, to the point where, where like we, we had one engineer that we worked with, um, and we left that studio super fast, but we went in for a couple of days uh, when Sheldon wasn't available and Taylor went over and went to like check something on Pro Tools. And so did I, and the guy was like, why? Like he turned the screen off and was like, why do you need to see this? And, and we're like, I'm marking like, and I'm taking like, notes. What channel is that on? And she's taking yeah. notes so that we can fix it in post. And, and like, he could not understand why we would want info like why and there was like a bad situation with him that guy and rebecca also who you know wow. like our violinist and our violinist is incredible and and uh so there's there's a couple moments where you're like oh right this is a thing because <laughs> yeah. i feel like music is so genderless that you forget one that would that think. is <laughs> an issue right and especially yeah. like up till that point for all of the happening in pre-production, it was like really freaking solid. Like on the road with Ben, all of his crew, like we never had any of that prejudiceness. And it was just like, yeah. I mean, overall, like we're definitely like coming into it right now, but this has been such an exciting journey. It's really hard to just like catch on that side of things. It's for not sure. that it's not happening, but it's really difficult to spend the time that that stuff needs to be acknowledged because it's just so exciting overall. Like, right. And you want to focus on the positive. Exactly. You focus on those situations. It's going to take away from any form of success that you have and just the enjoyment of making music, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I've definitely been in those situations before and it's hard to know when you should speak up, how you like go through this checklist. Okay. How do I say this? So I'm not being viewed as a bitch. How do I say this? So I'm not right? being viewed as aggressive. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, as a woman of color, my situation is probably even more different than yours. I was situation. just going to say, you know, yeah. so it's, it's really, it's frustrating because I do feel women are still fighting specifically in the music industry, um, just certain perceptions or, you know, certain uh, stigmas. And yeah, I just, I, I don't know when we're going to get past that, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. I know, right. It's like, it's 2021. Come on, come on, right. come on. So uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about your music as a whole, because, you know, for me, music is just a language I think that everybody understands. And I personally love being exposed to different genres and trying to really decipher what people are trying to express through their music. So if somebody sits down and listens to your album, you know, what is it that you want them to take away from it? And what do you want them to feel? I mean, for, for me, what I'm looking for is the same stuff that music gave me as like a kid. I feel like being affirmed for the emotions that you are having. And I felt like that was such a huge role that that played in my life, whether I was angry or grieving or whatever it was, I felt like I needed that acknowledgement that that was okay to feel. And it was very cathartic for me to go through those experiences with somebody else. And I always felt like that was the language that I spoke best and hoped to speak in the future um, mm -hmm. was, yeah, make it, giving people some catharsis, giving people some hope, um, I think is really <laughs> important that yeah, I never <laughs> Yeah. And I, in the past, I don't think I ever would have focused on that being a goal for, you know, 
for the album as a whole, but I think with this record in particular and with everything everybody's going through, I really hope that it gives people some some light. Taylor, you say it really well about the childhood stuff. Yeah, I feel like the song like Lucky really does that for me. It it kind of like makes you look at your younger self and being like, it's gonna be okay, even if it doesn't feel like that that's a possibility right now. And I think that that's something that I definitely want people to take away from this album is like, it was a mess. It can be a mess, but that doesn't mean that it can't be beautiful still. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and just, you know, road trips, adventures. I like some of my favorite songs have been like the playlist of just like on adventures or like driving through cities and just new terrain. And I don't know. I think that that'd be really cool. Like if someone else was listening to our music, the way that I used to venture out to other artist that's cool yeah. so paint it forward in a way you were yeah. influenced by music you want to influence others i love that i think that's beautiful um i talk about social justice and mental health and identity a lot on this show as well and being two female musicians that are also in a relationship do you find yourself advocating for the lgbtq community through your platform or do you try not to mix your personal identity with your music career because i know a lot of musicians choose not to have an intersection between the two and you know i respect that it's uh, it's you know to each their own but what has been your personal choice hmm. i f i feel like the the route that i always felt like i was taking when it came to like lgbt matters and and art for at least for me specifically was that you kind of change people's mind more in this realm by example, where, um, you know, we had people after Half Alive came out, you know, that was like the first music video that was very like focused on our, you know, romantic yeah. side. That was our, our babe, that was our first music video though. Like we decided to balls to the wall, like we are gay. And I think that that played a huge role in, beautiful, yeah. in starting it out too. And then like, you know, a few months later, we released the music video for Beautiful because during quarantine, we weren't able to play shows. So what we really strive to do during that time was to create music videos, like put all of that creativity, like angst, because we weren't able to go out and play live music into like developing and conceptualizing, directing and editing like these music videos. And that was a lot of fun. And then it was a lot of like, like, cause I feel like if you would have asked me that like two years ago, do you does your identity play in the art that you make i would have been like no but like i'm who i am and so like if that like like gets into it like that's just me and and now i can't i can't answer that like that anymore like i feel like you can't yes. separate the two at this point oh yes <laughs> you can't. Yeah. and we have people reach yeah. out um yeah. that were you know, like, uh, there had been very religious in a particular way that were like, I've always heard the term love is love, but I feel like until I actually saw this and listened to the music and, and watched you two, now I get it. And like that changed. And that was beautiful. We didn't expect huge. that so early on. Um, and so I think that that politically in that way, I think that's the extent on the LGBT side of it musically, yeah. of just yeah. like, let it speak for itself a little bit. Um, you know, that hopefully we we touch people and then they are like oh i'm i'm touched by somebody who's also who's gay and maybe that you know changes your your mindset a little bit right but also yeah. i think in terms of representation you're definitely giving a, a place and a voice to people that may think that they can't create music because of what their identity is so i think that it may feel like a lot of pressure on you but it's a beautiful thing what you both are doing because you really are yeah. opening up doors for other people 
That means so much. Thank you. Of course. I know one of the songs, Morning, that's on there. Um, I I remember when I first wrote it, I was so scared to put, um, if you're not her, please be gone in the morning. I, I remember just putting like, if you're not them, like trying to leave everything gender neutral yeah, and, yeah. and just making that shift. Like I, I never realized how many people that affected by being able to be like, oh, I can sing a love song about, or I can hear that because that made such a difference to me growing up hearing oh, songs sure. like that and being like, Oh my God, like I, I relate. Oh man. If songs like that existed when I was still in high school, I probably wouldn't have been closeted until my twenties. Like yeah. I really feel like I, and I knew that something was up. Like I knew it, I would fall in, like, I would have these crazy, like love imaginary romances between like Scully from X-Files or you, and like things that like should not have happened. Right. With you know, and I was in a small town, very conservative state, Arizona. Mm. Like Oof. it was just a mix. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh, thank you. You understand? Oh yeah, I'm glad you I got out, girl. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then it wasn't even until like I distanced myself like physically that I was able to like get that that like emotional like break from it and be like, okay, let me like have a chance to listen to myself. And I feel like there's no, yeah, I I don't think that the song should just speak for themselves i think that the people behind them speaking should be speaking as well yeah like and but, i but also yeah. lets people know that their experiences are valid like you said if you exactly. had known in in high school or heard that type of music things would have been different for you so that's why i say what you guys are doing what you ladies are doing is uh is very important because you are allowing people to live in their truth the, and the more people that feel more comfortable vulnerable people are with their truth hopefully this world will change where i know we're a long time coming but i'm i am hopeful because the conversations that are happening now just about racial recognition about identity about pronouns like all of that stuff is positive and it is headed in the right direction it's taken literally forever but i'm glad that we're here i really am so let's talk about the pandemic a little bit and how that affected okay. you guys. <laughs> I, love the little shoulder thing. I don't think people can see this, right? But that was super cute. The little, let's like, talk about the pandemic thing. because personally for me, I mean, yeah, it sucked not being able to perform. It sucked not being able to go out. But I realized how much of a home buddy I was. Like, I really, truly did. I mean, again, I if I never want to do another like Zoom concert if I don't have to, but I like really personally enjoyed the break from doing live performances but i i'm curious how you guys felt about just having to hit pause on that life of like touring I, and performing yeah i absolutely loved being able to hit pause when it came to life uh i struggled a lot and i know natalie does too about like having to hit pause when it comes to playing live music mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that would have made an huge difference with the pandemic is if we still had live music but when it came down to lockdown we were so fine in fact I want to say that we were striving like it was like I'm very introverted as it is um and it was just like this ability to be to be still but be allowed to be still like by jobs by country by like it was a good thing to just not leave not move um, and wow, like, I think Natalie and I, like, we created some of the coolest shit during the pandemic. That's so cool. Like, we just were, like, yeah, we were taking, I like, watched rain. a lot of reality TV, but still. Yes, we <laughs> were talking about our love for yeah. Married at First Sight. <laughs> <laughs> 
which if you haven't watched, if you're listening, <laughs> dive in to the it. hot mess of the show because you will binge <laughs> and you will not even believe what you're saying. <laughs> it's so good. It's so oh good, but God. it's so bad at the same time. Like I think about it, I'm like, they're, they're actually like kind of ruining these people's lives if you think oh, about really? it. So <laughs> has TLC. TLC has ruined every family's life that's ever been on those series. From uh, like, no, no. even like Sister Wives is like a guilty pleasure of mine, and like half of my Twitter feed I think is about Sister Wives when it's supposed to be about the album <laughs> coming out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, Our yeah, we released the album, out, but like, Sister Wives. Holy, but yeah, yeah. Twitter an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, let's get to that. Oh, um, <laughs> hilarious. I'm sorry, Leah. I totally agree. I feel like missing the, I never realized how big of a role uh, performing and mainly just like being in a room with other people sharing music impacted how, my love of music until the record came out last week. Yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. And it's awesome to have like the Rolling Stones article, like the things that are coming out are dope, but you're like, that's not the same as like being in a room with 50 people, even in like a living room set and just being able to exchange like uh, consciousness, like just being, being together. I feel like it's such a, uh, it's such a huge part of why I love this because I am super introverted in every other aspect of my life. (laughs) I'm totally fine to be alone or with Taylor, like for weeks and weeks on end, but I didn't realize that for music that's a part of how I interact with the world um and so that being gone is is very makes this whole experience very strange uh, I bet so what's next for you for you both then so you've released the album what what are you looking forward to it throughout this year I mean if the world is opening back up we're we're getting our second vaccine in like a week or so ah, congrats. and yeah. Yeah, congratulations yeah. getting back on the road you know um I think the traveling part of it is what I'm looking forward to most mm-hmm. if record stores open back up and we're able to do even like small shows or living room shows or tours anything that's like getting back to the world on, on the music side of it. Yeah. <laughs> what, Taylor? Oh, girl, we are so <laughs> opposite. <laughs> like, oh you don't miss I'm loving road. this. I have it across the country yes, times, But like, but... I don't trust, I don't trust that road anymore. That's <laughs> true. I mean, it does make you kind of like approach things like... a little more cautiously now, right? True, true. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I feel very, very fortunate and grateful to be getting like second vaccinated, uh, sec- second shot soon. Um, but like, you know, it's just, you know, there's just all that, all that random fear. And I was already like super afraid of life in the outdoors, like prior to COVID. I'm not even kidding. I don't even know. Like I couldn't even like walk to my, like, ah, oh, road rage. Ha ha. Our song Road Rage. I couldn't even oh, watch I know. That's, the one, that's like, one of the I videos was terrified. I watched. <laughs> yeah, man, like I was terrified. Like I'm so scared of life um, that the idea that it might be reopening is But then terrifying. like <laughs> you love stuff where like when we'd be on the road, we would go play like, I think some of our favorites were like Missoula, Montana. We would I know, play but nothing's safe anymore and nothing's safe anymore in my head. Yeah, I'm just, but like, okay. Everything from like anime conventions, comic conventions, like the things that I would really love to go do when the, the conventions I could see because that's like really densely populated. I feel like I'm if saying... they have like a limited on capacity, I would I would feel better. But I'm kind of with you on this, Taylor. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, but it's not even just like the fear of the virus now. It's the fear of the like the storming 
the I don't know how political I could get, but like shootings yeah. to just yeah. be straight up. Like yeah. I there's now not safe grocery stores adding to the like forever long list of everything from schools to like movie theaters. Like when the world opens up, imagine how many people have just been waiting to like I don't know. Destruction. It's scary. It's so it is. scary. And I feel like And no one thinks that it matters anymore either. Right. And that's that's my concern really is that okay we've had a year basically what have you learned how are we going to change as a society right. how are you going to change as yeah. a person and my fear is that people didn't learn anything you know people just waited yeah. people were just pent up and like just were mad during the election time were mad during the like great social justice movements time and then just yeah. were and just waiting until that that thing is like okay you can go now and then yeah. i don't know what's gonna happen but that scares the shit out of me i'm trying to be all hippie lovey-dovey crap with like <laughs> we would go play shows and then they would invite us back to like we just because we don't have any money so we would go sleep on people's like couches that were in the same city we'd play these like five thousand person venues and then go sit be it like by a bonfire and go play for like a house show in exchange for like having a place to stay Dude, we, we had the best stuff. like yeah babe we had the best like road tour like mentality we would just like drive and then on the cities that we had shows in we would exchange like tickets for like crashing at their place mm -hmm. and then the cities that we had like by days we would throw huge ass like house concerts. We would hit them up on like Facebook or yeah. like whatever social media they were using or couch surfers and be like, Hey, we're a band. We can exchange A, B, C, or D. If you mm -hmm. go to sleep on your floors, couches, beds, anything. And like, we got, to, we had some, we played for this whole high school football team one time. And like, wow, that was, awesome. that was amazing. We had no idea. She's like, Oh, my son will be home in a little while. He's bringing a few friends. 30 people later like <laughs> all in uniforms it was really fun I love yeah that. that stuff that stuff is really cool I really miss it I wish I wasn't if so Trump fun. would have gotten back into office I would have left the country I, either, I think a lot of people actually would have like know. legitimately yeah. legitimately we were looking it's because I'm a Canadian citizen still and okay. I, was, I was speaking to lawyers and trying to figure out how to get Taylor you're making here. that game so, plan <laughs> yeah so it's like I don't I mean I don't know where all those people went. I mean, it's half the country, so she's right. I mean, we don't know what we're looking at when we get back out. Into Especially the world. us, dude. We're, we're too queer. Yeah, we're lucky. We're, I mean, we're not even facing half the things. I yeah. know. So who's your target demographic musically? I have no idea. Whoever likes our music. <laughs> Whoever, Whoever likes, likes our music. music. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're going to find people that, that are going to latch on, and I'm sure people already have, you know, just based on the views and based on, you know, yeah. the music I've heard it, I've enjoyed, you know? So I, I get Thank that. You. You're like, whoever likes it, you're going to like it. And honestly, whoever does like it, that's who your fans are supposed to be. It's not, music is not for everyone. It's for, it's, it is very specific. It is, it's a niche. So I do love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it has been great chatting with you. Can you let everybody know where they can follow you and where they can stream your new album, Hey King? Absolutely. You can see the album or hear the album everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, everything. Uh, we're at Hey King Band. So Hey King Band's our handle on, I think, everything. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. But definitely YouTube has all of the things that we worked on all year, all of our music videos. Yeah, but they're on the anti-site. But if you just type in Haking, uh, a playlist with all of our music videos should pop up. Amazing. I would really love people to go and watch the videos just because it was something that we 
Road Rage was fun. I, I actually just watched that one. That was a cool. Oh, really? One. That was really cool. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was <laughs> we had some amazing people come out to do that one. That it was really, super... really cool. I loved the concept. So congrats on that. Absolutely. Thanks. It was like a big, yeah, Zoom Zoom world, but <laughs> for a music video. Hey, you had to do what you had to do last year, exactly. right? <laughs> right. You made it work. You made it work. Uh-huh. Well, thanks again for joining me, and make sure you guys all go follow them and stream their record that is out now on Anti Records, and make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.